The Audacity podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today, the Dharawal people, and pay our respects to all First Nations people, past, present, and emerging. We also acknowledge that we're recording on stolen land and that sovereignty was never ceded. The Audacity podcast will start in three, two, one, and launch. All right, here's a riddle for you. Say it slowly, because I need it slow. Okay. (laughs) A boy and his father are in a car accident. He's taken into surgery, and the surgeon says, I can't perform on this, this boy, this is my son. How is that the case? I've got it. Shh. But the dad was in the car accident too. Mm. Is that is that the answer? No. Is she pregnant? No, the, the dad and the kid are in the car. So then the kid has to go to the hospital. So it's obviously the... The surgeon's the mum, you're a sexist. Oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that's so horrible. Inherent biases. Yeah, that's true. There you go. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. I'm Kat Sleeman and this is the Audacity Podcast. So obviously if you didn't know the Attention, attention, oh my God. attention. What the fuck? Fire alarm testing is about to commence. Really? Fire alarm testing is about to commence. Thank you. Wow, really? Did that have to happen as I'm about to start recording? Wow. Okay, anyway, obviously if you didn't know the answer to that riddle, you're not necessarily sexist. Um, But it does say a lot about our inherent biases towards gender roles in society, which is something that we're going to be touching on a little bit in this week's episode. When the fuck's this fire alarm going off? I'm waiting for it. Stand clear. So for this week's ep, I was going to put out the second half of my questions for men, but... I decided I'm going to scatter them throughout different episodes because a lot of the answers relate to some other topics that I have in mind. Also, as discussed in the first episode, I have extreme commitment issues to content creation. So I've got a lot of topics planned that I will get to eventually, but just bear with me. So in the last week, I put out a question box on The Audacity's Instagram story. If you're not following The Audacity already, it's at The Audacity Org on Instagram. Um, And I asked for questions that men have for women. Now, I also asked the guys in the last episode if they had any questions. So I figured that we would do it because you guys ended up sending a lot of questions and seemed to be very, very curious to hear both the questions and the answers. So you may have noticed that I have put out two episodes. Uh, So this is because I finished editing, realized that the episode went for an hour and 20 minutes, and then also realized that no one really wants to sit through a podcast that goes for an hour and 20 minutes when a fair bit of the content is pretty remotely heavy, I would say. So instead, I put it into two episodes. And in this first episode, we're going to be talking about what the ick is and what gives girls the ick. We chat about turn-ons and turn-offs that aren't physical. Uh, I give some tips on dating out of lockdown. We delve into the notion of treat them mean, keep them keen. And we also talk about whether girls really like bad boys and bad boy characteristics. Uh, we go on a bunch of fucking tangents, as usual. I think we... Uh, I think we get onto the topic of capitalism and existential crises at one point. Classic. 
Anyway, uh, and we also talk about the weirdest thing that we were told wasn't ladylike growing up. And that actually brought about this episode's audacious moment, which I can't wait for you guys to hear because it's fucking cooked. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy and let me know what you think. You're listening to The Audacity Podcast. Now, obviously, as we established in episode one, every individual's perspective is shaped by their own experiences and their own encounters and their background and etc. etc. So I can only speak from my perspective. I just want to make that really fucking clear. I in no way speak for all women. However, I, I guess I speak for some because I do know some people with shared perspectives on these topics. Additionally, I'm a feminist. No fucking shame about it. I believe in equality of the sexes, so a lot of my perspectives are shaped by feminist theory and ideologies. If you aren't a feminist or you have a different worldview, uh, then obviously you're not going to necessarily agree with or like every answer I have. But honestly, I think a huge part of being a feminist is learning to not live by external validation. So if you agree, you agree. And if you don't, then cool. However, for bias sake, and because I do like to approach Q&A style shit as rationally as possible in order to give the best answer possible, I did get some second opinions on these questions by asking some girlfriends. And I did try to back up as many of my answers as thoroughly as possible to give you, I guess, um, the full scope. Another thing I want to add, and I guess just disclaim, is that today's episode could be uncomfortable for some of uh, the guy listeners. But if it is, sit in it. Ask yourself why it makes you feel uncomfortable. So for this episode, I asked my dear friends, Poppy and Annabelle, who you've already met, and my other dear friends, Yasmin and Eliza, to help me with answering some of the pressing questions that men had for women. Now, before I do go into the questions that you listeners sent in, uh, I want to first include some of the questions that Maddie and Harry had from last week. So the first one comes from Harry, and I think it's super, super, super interesting. It's easy to ask what guys can do better to, you know, treat women better within our current social situation. It's easy to say boys should call out their friends a little bit more or start having these open conversations about it. What I find is that within a group of boys, as a female's perspective, uh, you know, looking at a group of boys, what's like... You know, the, uh, I love this term at the moment, the ick. Yeah. The icks. Yeah. I, I would love, I would love to know, you know, what's a female's perspective of male's ick in regards to Himini's Himini's male group of friends, whether or not they be too masculine and they're too, <laughs> you know, bumping chests. And that stuff is a like great that. question, Harry. I want to, I want to know, like, what, what is seen not just individually, but as a, as a group of boys, what's an, what's an ick for a, a female's perspective is it being too loud is it being too obnoxious is it uh like it it's it's something that's always on my mind when i'm sitting in a group of boys being like okay we could be seen as toxic males because we're we may we may be being too loud we may be yelling at each other etc etc and they may be seen as a as a, a confidence ego boost within um our socializing that is such and- a good question. Wow. Um, I think that, like, you've really kind of summarised it well with, like, I think the ick is, yeah, that, like, almost cringe feeling that you get when, like, mm-hmm. someone does something and you're just like, oh, oh like, 
I'm not really sure about that. And I feel like in yeah. a group setting, yeah, when a when a group of guys is obnoxiously loud to the point where they are just trying to draw attention to themselves, like yeah, definitely. Then that that I, is yeah icky, I think, because then you mm -hmm. just know that that's all that's on their mind, and like I think it's way more attractive when you see a group of guys that are genuinely bonding, then they're laughing and they're having a good time, and like. If they're getting a little bit loud, like, yeah, but it's not to impress anyone. It's not, like, for yeah. anyone else's, I guess, entertainment or, like, observation. It's literally because they're they're having a good time. But, mm -hmm. yeah, when it's, like, I'm going to assert my dominance, I'm going to be loud and obnoxious, and then I'm going to come up to you and let you know that I'm loud and, 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 like, obnoxious and I have the dominance here and, like, I'm choosing you, baby, kind of thing. Like, and I'm, I'm confident, you know? Yeah, You're that's not attractive. Like, yeah, I think that, right. I think, yeah, like, confidence is attractive but not arrogance really interesting question hey but i really wanted a second opinion so i asked my roommate m what she thought what do you think me personally when i think about like the ick with a group of boys it's like the i the term of yeah the boys oh like as soon oh. as i hear like oh. a group of you know that ick that you just get just yeah. that you just got just then I cr yeah i like, cringe i get up my <laughs> spine when i think of yeah the boys are just this footy group boy mentality and that isn't to say that every group of guys is like this like i know look none of our friends are like this at all but like this like a lack of feminine energy in a group of boys that are just like but almost to like the point of rejection of female energy yeah like. no like it's like it's just yeah the boys and that's it and like the girls are there to hang out like when we feel like hanging out with them like if we're drinking but like when we're hanging out, it's just the boys. And like we watch footy and the girls wouldn't understand it. That gives me the ick for sure. Definitely. And also like in regards to like being at the pub and like when guys are like loud and stuff. Oh, I think so that definitely It's yeah. so intimidating, especially being at a pub and like you know, I remember I went to the the club once and I was the only girl that was like maybe like four or five of the boys. And it was fine because I had like one of the two, one or two guys to actually chat one on one with. But like overall, it was harder to input myself into the group because it's like the masculine energy just overrided anything that I had to say. And almost like I was too quiet as well. Like I don't have a loud voice in comparison to them. And like, I don't know, it's just, you just can't be bothered to compete. So you just CBF and walk away. Literally. <laughs> That's why we're all bisexual now. <laughs> um, I've got uh, another, another yeah, question. Yeah, shoot. Uh, okay, first dates. Are they overrated? Should they be more intimate or should they be, you know, at a, at a nice restaurant setting? It's always confusing to be like, okay, do I want to show off and, and have a nice time out maybe at a nice pricey restaurant or should you just have a picnic in the in the backyard i know both are good but i struggle to pick one sometimes of course it depends on who you're with yeah i think that's hard and definitely depends on the girl um i think if you're like chatting and you're stressing about it i think that it's really cute to like tell them that you're stressing about it and be like hey i don't know whether to go with this or this what's your vibe like what are you feeling yeah. like because they'll yeah. be honest and they'll also appreciate that you care like Okay, I definitely try and go with the, uh, the 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 surprise element sometimes. Yeah, that's cool to too, though. And that, out, and like I don't know, I haven't really had enough experience with that anyway. Like I have, I don't think I've really had a guy surprise me on a date. But that would be mad. See, like if you went to that effort, then I feel like they would appreciate that you went mm. to the effort either way to like do anything. 
I think yeah. for a first date, for me, I think personally, I like intimate, but like, I think intimate can still be really fun. Like, I think that if they're the right person, you can make it fun no matter what you're doing and where you're at. And so sometimes for me anyway, a restaurant setting can be a little bit of a pressure cooker and like, oh my God, I need to impress them. Like, and then like, I, I really over, I don't know about other girls, but I really overthink things in like, like a restaurant setting environment. Like I'll overthink how I'm eating. I'll overthink oh, like yeah, what, of what they think about what I'm ordering. Like, should I get a salad? I really want a steak and burger. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Yeah. It, it's good to know that now that I will just be and so like yeah I feel like we're kind of also blessed in the town that we're at with like the scenery aspect of things so like even like just like going and getting whatever takeout that they choose or like doing like a little I choose a takeout you choose a takeout like I choose dessert you choose um the main and then we'll go sit in my boot by the fucking beach or something you know like I feel like that kind of shit is really sweet and like I think coming Okay, wait, so I'm just adding this in quickly. Uh, I'm about to upload the video, but I always get my old roommate, Courtney, to listen to the episode before I upload. And she just sent me this at work. So I feel like I need to add it in to reiterate that every girl is very different, guys. So just make sure that you, I guess, ask the girl what she's into because some girls might like a chill, I guess, Maccas at the Lighthouse date. Some evidently very much do not. (laughs) Okay, so I've been listening to the episode probably like 15, maybe 20 minutes in, I'm not sure. Anyways, the bit where you're talking about the dates and you're talking about like, go get a picnic blanket and sit in the boot of their car. I just want to say that any guy listening to that better not fucking think that getting Maccas and going to the fucking lighthouse considers a date because no, no, no. I ain't your little bitch. Like... Take me somewhere nice and get nice food for this picnic. Like, we're not going to sit in the back of your boot next to your wet, wet suit. Fucking on a dirty towel, looking at the steelworks at the lighthouse. Like, no, no, no. That's not, that's not a first date. Okay. Just thought I'd mention that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's got a point. I'm going to say it is a no to the wet, wet suit next to you. Uh, It's a no to the dirty towel. And it's a no to Kembla Steelworks as your, uh, I guess, scenic view. <laughs> so other than that stuff, um, I hope that gives you some idea. <laughs> anyway, back to it. I think coming out of lockdown, a lot of people are going to, well, I don't know about anyone else, but I know that my social anxiety has probably increased a little bit since having to like stay in isolation for a while. So like, I don't know, social interaction, I miss it a lot, but I'm also, like, nervous about it. So like nervous about it. Oh, same here. Yeah. struggle getting back into the swing of things. Definitely. And so I feel like everyone probably, like, when it comes to those, like, dating and stuff like that, like, some people are probably going to go just fucking straight to the clubs for some roots. But, like, when it comes to dating, maybe, like, yeah, like, those more chill, intimate, like, let's reflect. How was your lockdown? Like, that would, I feel like, be really cool. So the next question came from both Maddie when we recorded the last episode, uh, but also uh, from one of you Audacity listeners. So I'll just let Maddie take it away with the question. What makes a man attractive aside from, you know, appearance? Oh, I reckon, like, it's obviously dependent on each girl, but, like, appearance is, like, I would say 30% of 
what makes it important because if that 70% is shit and they've got that 30% great, then fuck that 30%. They're shit, like... Yeah, honestly. So, like, I feel like the characteristics that are really attractive in a dude are emotional intelligence, like, first and foremost, like, being able to understand how you're feeling and, like, talk about it and not feel, like, ashamed or... I don't know, just, yeah, being able to, like, talk about how they're feeling, because that's really important. You need to communicate. Um, Humour, huge, because you want someone that makes you laugh, and also you just want, like, laughter makes everything just more fun. Like, imagine, like, being in a relationship with someone for the rest of your life and not finding them funny. That would suck. Um, I'd say generosity is really attractive but like not so much that it's like smothering and they're not like forceful on like I'll get you a drink like it's well intentioned it's not like oh I have to do this because my role is to do this and that's what makes a good boyfriend like just doing things because you just genuinely want to do it like effort is like nice I think that's really nice just like making little gestures that make you feel appreciated and not just like feel like you're you have done this to like 50 girls before and it's a part of like your process basically you yeah, know what I mean like a routine thing. yeah so it's sort of like a generosity built on mutual respect yeah for, for sure so would you also say that you don't like to be sort of put up on a pedestal like treated like a like a queen um I think each girl's really different some girls do like to be sh- like treated like a queen I think it's nice to be like your partner thinks that you're their queen but yeah. I think that like everyone's got different standards and like it's about learning about your partner and what the things they like are and like putting up on a pedestal can also just be like knowing that they fucking love Sour Patch Kids so getting them like seven bags of Sour Patch Kids and being like here you go my queen you are you deserve the world (laughs) you know what I mean like it doesn't need to be all of these things that guys think we want it's just about knowing that you guys care about us if that makes sense and like care about learning those little things and knowing that you guys appreciate those and that's like I don't know that's what the whole adoration queen shit is it's just knowing that you're appreciated yeah like I think that guys can also like somewhat interpret it as oh my god what the fuck do you expect like you're not a queen bitch sit down (laughs) but like it's more so yeah it's just like knowing knowing your worth and like knowing that you're gonna wait for the the prince that you know treats you right and yeah that's that's my little spiel on it I think that's really well said. I like that. Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> You're welcome. Alright, what are some things that all women like slash hate? Like big turn-ons and t- turn-offs that aren't physical. I think a big turn-on is communication. Oh, like, the biggest turn-on the whole world is communication. <laughs> I agree. I don't think I've ever heard a woman say, it's bad they communicate. Yeah. Oh no, he's communicating. Yeah. I think humor's um, a huge turn on as well. Humor? Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Turn off, Mad. What's a turn off for you? Turn off is just if they're rude to like anyone, like a like customer service person or whatever, or like their mom or their friends or something. It's just like, ew, well, you're gonna be rude to me probably too. That's so <laughs> true. That's a good point. As we become closer and more like family, will you treat me like your mom? I definitely feel like I I find 
nowadays, like when I was younger, I didn't, but any signs of misogyny or like, yeah, racism, homophobia, and just like no self-awareness, what they're doing, just instant turn off. Such a turn off. Like, it's one thing to be, like, emotionally feeling down and not really knowing how you're feeling and being, being a bit lost in that in that way. But when they don't understand their emotions whatsoever, I feel like that is also a turn-off because it means that, like, mm-hmm. they're usually more likely to be quite irrational. Yeah, and you're definitely not in for a good time. Oh, yeah. Is treat them mean, keep them keen actually a thing? Yeah, I think. Oh, wait, I don't know. Maybe both ways. Well, I've never really seen a chick treat a mean, keep him keen. Oh, no. But well, I think... Guys definitely do it. Yeah, and I think that because we think guys do it, I think it's probably constantly us, like, you're always like, ooh, are they going to do the treat a mean, keep him keen thing? It's like, ooh, this is exciting. Like, do they like me? But then if they keep doing it, it's like, yeah, if they keep doing it, then it's just like, okay, you must be emotionally unavailable. <laughs> yeah, now you're just being me. I want some fun. This just sucks. <laughs> Don't look at the screen or you'll see the fun fact. Oh, right. Sorry. Okay. Hang on. I'll turn away. <laughs> okay. So, this episode's fun oh, fact. Hang on, sorry. Your plan's dead, dude. I know. I can't keep them alive. <laughs> Can someone tell me how? Have you watered them at all? Well, like, I always forget if I've watered them or not. <laughs> yeah, <I've watered> them. <laughs> okay, sorry, keep going. And then people are like, drown them. And then some people are like, no, don't drown well, them. No, because you drowned your succulents, which everyone knows succulents don't. I didn't know that those ones were the succulents. They all look the same. I'm offended. Oh. As a gardener, I'm offended. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I just really, really... Just angered so many ones. people out there. I will. I, but then I worry about the plastic. It's just a big cycle, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> Alright, so today's fun fact. The first vibrator was invented to treat depression and anxiety. Makes sense. Yeah, so... <laughs> that makes so much sense. I know, it does, doesn't it? Physician George Taylor gets credit for the invention. His original... George? It was a band. Yeah. His original circa 1869... Oh, isn't that ironic? 1869 it's a circa i hope that they didn't just make it that for this article as like a meme but anyway it was designed to relieve symptoms of depression and anxiety in women then known collectively as the medical condition hysteria maybe that's just because women in the 60s weren't receiving orgasms so they were just sexually frustrated literally (laughs) like and then they decided to like come out with this brand new like medication but really it's just a stimulator for our clip because no man can do it and another fun fact to add on from that the OG modern vibrator was a back massager so in 1968 the Hitachi magic wand marketed as a personal massager hit store shelves that same year uh, a New York-based artist, Betty Dobson, used the wand in a sexually explicit exhibition. Uh, in 1975, she brought the device to workshops where she taught women how to masturbate. Imagine being the first person to realise that vibration on the clitoris like, is masturbation. Like, being that woman of just, like... Is it masturbation or masturbation? I always ask myself this and I, I, Mas- I never know... Mas- that... I say masturbation. I say masturbation too, but people have laughed at me but for like, saying that. Think of Americans, like, masturbation. That's what I always think. Okay, that's another question for you guys. What do you think? But anyway, the Hitachi wand people weren't happy about it. So, 
Uh, now it's sold without any company branding. <laughs> I love that for us. Um, so what other, what other fun facts do we have? Um, uh, yeah, I have. Um, unlike penises, vibrators offer reliable orgasms. Oh my god, talk <laughs> about fun vibrators. Fact. Um, fun fact, I think Kmart is selling vibrators under the name Eye Massager. Someone on TikTok, I saw in a video found it on the shelves and it was $25 if anyone wants to go buy one. And it's like this tiny, you know the Abby Chatfield vibrator, how it's like kind of shaped in that like, yeah. that way. It's kind of like that, but like tiny miniature. And I just like see the tip of it. It's like, I really think you like four or five centimeters wide. Perfect for the clear area. So it's kind of like the coffee grinder at Mac um, Kmart. They end up just using it to grind wheat. It's, it's going to be like that. I think it might. That's amazing. There you go. We're ahead of the trends. <laughs> Yay. That's what Poppy wanted us to be in episode one. She said, stay ahead of the trends. Well, We're is, ahead of the trends, this people. This is a trend now. Everyone that's listening, that's their vibrators not doing anything for them. Go to Kmart. Go to Kmart and get a massager. My <laughs> <No>, massager. <laughs> in the next episode, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> review. I'll, let, I'll do a real-time review. <laughs> <laughs> The Audacity Podcast. Is treat a man, keep him keen actually a thing? Do women treat a man, keep him keen? Or do you think that guys do it? Or both do it? Or I think they both do it. I think it's more projected around, like, men. I don't know, just from movies and shit, you always see the treat a man, keep him keen. And, like, the stuff about on the playground, you know, if they push you, they're being nice. They, yeah. like, they actually like you. That whole, yeah, and I feel like females develop it over time after being fucking hurt. I, mean, I, I feel like I feel like I've done it. Yeah. I feel like but not intentionally. I know, think like, yeah, it's one of those things where over time when you are treated shit, you kind of just build up like an emotional barrier yeah. when it comes to certain certain like encounters with um dating. And I guess yeah, I guess it's a reflection of like the love you give is the love you've received type of Definitely. Thing that's so true. Yeah, but it's all so stupid. Like, yeah. you shouldn't treat someone mean to keep them. But then I also do that with, like, flirty banter. Like, Yeah, flirty banter for sure. But I don't know if that's the same as treat a mean, keep them keep. It's but not I... the same malicious intent. You're just playfully bantering with them rather than, like, I will treat you mean so that I can walk away and know that you're going to be pining after me later. Yeah, and I feel like it's also just, like, a very high school mentality, like, not a very mature... Definitely. No one who's like mature and ready for like a relationship. <laughs> yeah, this is just playing games. Yeah. You ain't ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And I think that that's like the impression that it gives. Like, I think at the start, I was saying this to the other girls. Well, this kind of also relates to, okay, so the, another question that we got is, are women actually into bad boy characteristics or is that just a myth? And I'd be lying if I said that at some point in my life that wasn't an appealing persona for me to date romantically but I think that a lot of that comes from um like media and then once you actually encounter that then you learn that that's literally the last thing you want because you're not treated like yeah you're not treated well well. are women actually into bad boy characteristics or is that just a myth um (laughs) well this girl is (laughs) what do you mean like what's a bad Bad boy. Well, bad boy characteristics, I guess. So, like, mysterious, um, doesn't follow the norms, dresses like a bad boy. I don't know. I feel like you go through stages 
of dating where once you've once you've had the thing that I think this is just dating in general but with every person that you date or like go for you figure out like the parts that you thought that you wanted and like the parts that you genuinely want because I feel like everyone at some like point because of obviously media pushing it on young girls that a bad boy image is like really cool and attractive because that's like literally what every like love interest is like but like once you get past that phase and you date the bad boy and you realize that they're usually a fucking prick then you're like I don't really want that like I think a lot of that comes from misconceptions about a bad boy because the realistic nature of dating a bad boy is that they're gonna fucking act like a bad boy they're not gonna be a bad boy and then a good boy when it comes to relationships like what good boys act like bad boys if they're really good yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it's it's obviously dependent on the girl for sure. Like it depends on everyone's preference. But I don't know personally. I reckon I've been like that for sure. But I don't know if I am anymore. No, me neither. Bad boys, see ya. Do you reckon it's because we're shown bad boys a lot in like TV shows and like I mean even Hannah Montana, fucking Jesse the the guitar player. Or Jake Ryan, the movie star sweetheart. Okay, I'm just going to jump in real quick. But just out of curiosity, what team were you guys? Were you Team Jake or Team Jesse? Anyway, it's not really relevant at all, but I'm just really curious. Let me know. <laughs> anyway, back to bad boys. It's like a grass is greener situation. Like, it, it's something that you think you want and then you, you don't want it. <laughs> so, no, I would say that women aren't really into bad boy characteristics in nature. But maybe the idea of it seems attractive. Yeah. From maybe, a distance? Yeah. Maybe if you haven't experienced it, it seems exciting. Okay, yeah. actually, here's another thing. When, okay, so you know how when you're younger and, like, the whole playground, like, when they're being mean to you, they like you kind of thing, and how it kind of conditionalizes you to want more attention or validation from someone that doesn't really like you that, or isn't giving you that much attention. That is so damn problematic, especially because it's, like, when there's like, okay, being moody may, may be cute when you're 14, but it's not cute at like 25. Like, if you're a moody person and you're like on and off and like gives people attention one second and then is a dick the next, that's not cute. That is so bad. It's so like shit. To think, oh no, let them be mean to you. It's a positive thing. Yeah, let them yell at you. It means they really like you. Like I was saying to the girls as well as like, I think as you grow a lot of self-worth as you get older as well like your mentality towards relationships generally change and like as you date different people you realize that the things that you wanted on paper are sometimes different and some like yeah yeah, like on paper like a bad boy like mysterious yeah like making me us think we want to get these bad boys but also they trick us with a narrative like a lot of different narratives trick us i was talking to harry in the last episode about how like this idea of fighting for love and like i don't know you see a lot of that shit and it almost romanticizes um prolonging toxic relationships in a way yeah and then, like, as a girl, you go into a relationship and you're like, I like, if I'm not fighting for this, do I not care? Like, and then, but then it's like, no, sometimes it's just you need to move on from things that don't serve you anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is where sometimes, like, traditional timelines influence it a lot. It's like, you feel like 
there's a, a one-up. Like, okay, what's the next step in life? Like, okay, I'm dating this person now. Now we need to get more serious. We need to do this stuff. Now we need to get more serious. We need to get married. And then after marriage, like so many people end up feeling like they're just stuck because they feel like there needs to be a one-up after that. But it's like, that's not a relationship. A relationship is like your best friend who you have the sex stuff with as well. And like, I don't know. It feels like we're given this unrealistic expectation of everything a relationship's made up to be when, relationship and you're not like having as much drama and it's like not as toxic and stuff like with like the bad boy become like I feel like a lot of the time girls get that without the drama without the toxicness like they get it confused with passion I agree completely that's so 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 true and I think that that's why there's this idea of oh nice guys finish last and it's like no I don't I don't think that that's the case at all I just think that a lot of people will have really confused expectations of relationships because of all of the different mixed messages we're given about them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's also, like, capitalism in our brains, I swear. Like, me lying down and just, like, not doing anything for a while. I'm like, fuck, I'm lazy. I'm not being productive. And you can feel the same way in a relationship. Like, yeah, you definitely. Know, like, I'm not moving forward. Like, I'm just being still. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, what I need to be like? progressing in all of these other ways. Like... Yeah. yeah, it's you so true. You don't always true. have to be progressing. You can exactly. just chill. Exactly. That's driven into our brains that just, like, sitting down for a bit is equals laziness, you know? And that and is just... the problem with, on like, this this hustle culture as well. Like, it is really, really hard to separate work. And, like, yeah. it's interesting because, um, in, so I've been looking at Fight Club and I might do an episode on it soon, but, like, a lot of the themes in Fight Club are about, like, anti-capitalism anti-consumer stuff or like how we're all we're all slaves to it now like we like work so hard during the week just so we can pursue the things that we like to do on the weekends and we're convinced that this is like a good way of living kind of thing but it's like what okay if we strip it back we take out all of the consumerist shit we take out all the capitalism what are the things that make people like human beings genuinely have like happy I guess human connection is, like, one of the first and foremost things. Like, socialization and feeling like you belong and, like... I feel like capitalism does the opposite of that. It tells you all of the ways that you need to be better. Yeah, and all the things that, like, you don't have and stuff like Mm. that. But it's so hard because I'm in this constant fucking internal conflict with capitalism because I'm like fuck it I hate it it makes everything shit but then I'm also like okay but I need to survive in this world so I want to be rich <laughs> yeah. yeah I know well, so it's always like it's like I'm trying not to like buy too many clothes to finish the capitalist system but also like I have no fucking clothes to wear and I want to buy new shit like <laughs> yeah. it's such a conflict in my mind and it's so it's like such a lose-lose because it's like okay so I either tap out of this capitalist shit and the big white man companies keep winning or it's almost like you're missing out on part of the world like which it shouldn't be at all but like you're excluded from it if you're not participating in it which i guess that is what it's just capital like that's how they get you yeah the burden of being educated really the more you know the more like I don't know. I think that's where yeah, a lot of existential crises yeah. come from as well. Like, the more that you do know and the the sooner you do come to these, like, really existential questions and, like, these internal, like, conflicts with yourself of, like, okay, but what is my purpose of being here? Like, do I really want 
to be a slave to the machine for the rest of my life or like that of course that's enough that's enough to cause like depression that's enough to cause an existential crisis like that's enough to make someone obviously like question their life and like Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Oh, I'm feeling that all the time now. Like it, it's kind of everything that you do now. If you're aware of like all the consequences of your actions, it's like you can't really do anything like to align with your moral values. For sure. Like, I mean, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it kind of you kind of get stuck in this whirlwind of just like everything I do has a consequence for like somebody else. You know, like exactly. Ah. Yeah. Like, in order for me to progress, I know deep down that someone else is having to be oppressed. Yeah, or just even me, yeah. like, buying something from the food store knowing that there's a plastic case, and I'm like, well, this is going to be around for the next thousand years. Like, And, like, who made known. this? <laughs> yeah, who made this? Like, uh... And also, I think to tie this back in, which is funny as fuck, because I don't even remember how we got here, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> Just to, like, tie this back into um, what we were saying before about media and, like, these uh, unrealistic, I mean, ideas and narratives that we're given. Like, this is, like, our escape. These films are, like, our escapist kind of... We're seeing these... Now we're seeing conventional-looking women with these really, really attractive, like, model-looking fucking dudes and they're treating... They're bad boys that actually end up treating them good in the end and, like, we escape these like capitalist things in everyday life and the reality of like okay we're really insecure with the world we're living in because we have to keep buying into all of these things that we're being sold and we turn to these like these films that are like escapist you know scenarios and they give us these really nice narratives and stories and like it's kind of hard to grow up as a young girl in this world and not have those kinds of ideas even in the back of your mind as like wishful thinking it'd be crazy to know how much that's influenced us you know, like, I can't even begin to think about how many movies or the narratives that's just in my mind through everything I've watched. Yeah, the subconscious. Especially as a young, vulnerable, easily influenced mind. Analyzing now. Stand clear. Okay, so the next question actually brought about today's audacious moment. Uh, Poppy will tell the story. All right, what's the weirdest thing you were told wasn't ladylike when you were growing up? <laughs> Poppy went to a boarding school for all girls, so I feel like there was a lot of things that you were told wasn't ladylike. I'm trying to think of a cracker. Do you want to retell the story about how you were called? Um... Oh yeah, well yeah, actually yeah, she did describe it as not ladylike at all several times. So when I was in um, year nine at boarding school, I was feeling a bit trapped. You could say. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, we went down there, and she was pretty much like, "This is disgusting. 
I've seen your bottom, the principal seen your bottom. Like, yeah, pretty much like how unladylike of you to show your urine and do all that. And then as we were walking out, um, she was like, girls, and me and Claire turned around and she said, you know what, those jellies boys are right, you are dirty bush pigs. <laughs> what? That's <laughs> so fucked. The audacity. <laughs> the audacity. Wait, a bu- yeah. bush pig, did she say? Dirty bush pig. Dirty bush pig. <laughs> Holy yeah. fuck. Okay, I just want to quickly jump in here and note that while this is probably something worth getting in trouble over in a school bathroom, I just want to make the comparison that if this was a group of boys, I wonder how the teaching staff would have reacted. Probably a, ugh, you boys are gross, and a metaphorical slap on the wrist. Oh my god, my cat scared the fuck out of me. Um, but I don't know if they would call a boy a dirty bush pig. I actually definitely don't think that they would call a boy a dirty bush pig. Double standards is all I will say. Okay, wait, what's the weirdest thing you were told wasn't ladylike when you were growing up? Oh, like everything. I swear, just eating. Oh, eating was a huge one. Yeah, my mum would always, you know, just be like, you gotta be more ladylike and stuff like that. Like, sit with your legs closed. Oh, sitting with your legs closed, yeah. Like, I hated that shit. Chew with your mouth closed. I mean, this is all made just good manners. Like, be ladylike. But no, my mum was like, random but I think also like the stuff that you wear really influences how ladylike someone takes you to be if that makes sense like obviously but like I think it was a Caitlin Moran yeah it was Caitlin Moran that said in How to Be a Woman um when when a girl says she has nothing to wear on that day it's more so because there's nothing that represents who she's supposed to be that day and I feel like that really really like encompasses why girls do love like creative expression through fashion and stuff but I even found that when I was growing up and I'm like I'm at a point where I just I fucking wear what I want to wear if I want to dress like girly girl one day I'll do it if I want to dress like a boy one day I'll do it like I feel like we're at a point also within our friendship group where we're just very very comfortable and not really restricted by gender roles in our fashion yeah 100% because it's like even when you're dressing as like quotation mark like a boy or whatever it's just like why is it gendered like that like exactly and that was something that I found growing up that like when I wanted to dress in some like I don't know like baggy jeans and an oversized tee or something I was always paranoid because I don't know people would label it not very ladylike or yeah or like boyish or put you into a box for sure and it's like sometimes you just want to dress how you want to dress you're listening to Okay, so we have come to the end of part one of Questions for Women. Emily is here to do my outro with me. Hey. Hey. 
What are you up to? Um, instead of shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, that's obviously not true because girls don't poo. I don't poo. That was one of the questions that we didn't get asked uh, that I'm surprised. Like, Even, do girls poo? Of course we don't. Like, farting as well. It all kind of just evaporates. Yeah, it doesn't. Without even, like, kind of, like, through our, like, sweat glands in yeah. our hands and our feet. That's where our farts go. Yeah. So, don't smell my hands. <laughs> <laughs> or my feet. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> How do you follow that? Um. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, stay safe. Stay safe. Follow the Audacity uh, at the Audacity Org on Instagram. Yeah, and um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We don't have a YouTube channel Not yet, though. Not yet, it's, but we will. We're plugging. We're plugging for the future because we're staying ahead of the trends. Well, it won't be YouTube. It'll be like Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. We'll see you soon. Watch this space. Bye. Bye. Shutting down. Shutting down.